0: Mike's Video Game Podcast. I miss you, Mike. Hello and welcome to Mike's Video Game Podcast. I'm Mike Geig. And I'm Mike Wu. And welcome to episode number nine. Uh,
1: probably. Because yeah, eight <laughs>
0: was the uh, like the listener appreciation. Right. Um, so yeah, episode nine. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, um, unintentionally, just traveling and this and that. Sort of has the effect of doing that. Um, and actually, so this is not... Our first podcast episode since episode eight. It's Just our first podcast of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the pleasure of being a part of the uh, North Coast Game Educators Alliance podcast, NCCEA. Uh, for those of you who love acronyms, <laughs> um, and that was cool. Um, yeah, it
1: was actually a really fun podcast. Yeah, it was
0: a it was a series of teachers. It was a three. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, uh, it was Bill, George, and. Liz, Liz, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, educators in the uh, Ohio region, and uh, we'll post a link mm-hmm. to the episode that we were in. But it was really cool. Um, I like. I don't know if you went back and listened to that, Mike, uh, after they posted it.
1: I, if I don't, even, I can't even stand the sound of my voice to listen to our podcast. I have not yet listened to that one. Was it good? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um,
0: I definitely um, so definitely noticed it unscripted or anything I, I sound like a total jerk uh, so when we were talking they were like, <laughs> like to
1: me you sounded like you
0: <laughs>
1: whoa that was a jerky thing
0: to well, say No, that's not <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> shots fired um Yeah, so – wow, I'm having a hard time recovering from that. Uh, But no, we got into, like, talking about, like, the things we would do uh, uh, for classes and students and stuff like that. And and it occurred to me that uh, some of my practices weren't necessarily the nicest, but it was still pretty cool. And then uh, also amusing is at the very, very end – I got like played out uh, as I was talking. They put the music in and faded out, you know? Because um, we were over a time limit yeah. anyway, but it was just sort of like, da 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 da, you know, like. It was like, like the, if
1: you're at a debate. Or like the
0: shepherd's <laughs> cane came up, jerked me off the stage, whatever. Uh, it was pretty good. I'd just talk forever otherwise. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely post that. It was pretty cool. Um, a uh, lot of neat stuff to talk about, and ways of running classes, and and board games, and and all that fun stuff. So it was really, really cool. Well, like I said, we'll post a link to it, and uh, so they're gonna have us back. So we'll we'll post it next time we do another one. But that is why there was a or what are we two weeks late? One week late on this episode? I don't even remember. used to be so diligent with the schedule. Yeah, we used to be
1: doing it like every two weeks. And I think it's been three
0: or at least three weeks. At least three weeks. So, yeah. Okay. So, a little late. And then who knows how long I'll sit on this before I actually post it. (laughs) Um, We'll see. But uh, cool. All right, then. So, uh, welcome again, Mike.
1: Yeah. I think it was worth the wait because a lot of big news came out for us to discuss. Um, So, just prior to starting the recording, I was talking to Mike about how um, I wanted to talk about BlizzCon in context to Activision's announcements, and Mike was kind of confused at first as to
0: apparently why. I'm a noob. <laughs> yeah, like I, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. So go ahead and fill us in on, yeah. on who
1: owns who. Just in case uh, people missed this in the last decade, uh, activi- decade. Yes, Mike, it's been Man. this long. Uh, Activision uh, agreed to a merger with uh, Blizzard, and their net the parent company is known as Activision Blizzard. Um, Activision is a publisher, uh, works with studios that it owns to produce things like Call of Duty, Skylanders, et cetera. And you have Blizzard, who is allowed to operate uh, nearly independently um, as Blizzard. But Mike didn't know that there was actually um,
0: no, I'm a lo- connection there. I'm actually looking this up right now because I, I might have a saving grace if I can find what date this happened. No, never mind. 2007, 2008. I should have known. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: nearly 10 years I ago. I was like,
0: man, did that ha- If it was like around 10 years ago, if it happened while I was uh, in the military, then I can be like, ah, oh, that's my oh, excuse. Yeah, but yeah, no, no yeah. excuse. That happened well after. Yeah. So, so uh,
1: the news that I thought was interesting to extrapolate was um, at BlizzCon, which I think a lot of people mm-hmm. watched on Twitch or, or yeah. streams of some sort.
0: Um, so that was just a couple of days ago, yeah?
1: Yeah, it was just last week. Yeah, um, okay. And. and Lots of exciting announcements came out for everybody's favorite games, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they showed the trailer for the film for the first time, like the full trailer. Um, and they uh, talked about the expansion to Hearthstone, which introduces a new cast of characters along an Indiana Jones-esque kind oh, of feel. Nice. So it's it's not a World of Warcraft necessarily. Inspired, They're branching out. Branching out. Okay. Yeah. Now – the characters that fill those roles are, it's like, Oh, that's like, you know,
0: is it like Hemet Nesingwary? Like, are they using those characters to fill the Indiana Jones roles? He was, no. he was a hunter in world of Warcraft. You're going be uh, a confused look at yeah, your yeah, face. Yeah. You obviously yeah. didn't play. maybe,
1: maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, there's he's a Tom Selleck looking kind of guy for the guy in the hat. Okay. But there's like this night elf looking, uh, character Sh- for, sure. for, um, the leader of the group, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, uh, Heroes of the Storm is getting in, uh, improvements like a new matchmaking system.
0: Is Deckard Kane playable in Heroes of the Storm yet?
1: You know, I haven't played it since you and I stopped playing, so I don't know
0: if okay. is yeah, The last time I played it was the day it came out. Oddly enough, oh really? And I just second, haven't, I haven't second, played it again. And I, it was a great game, but yeah. it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm way too hipster. <laughs> like the moment it comes out, no, oh, no way, I played it before it was out. Uh, yeah, it was weird. But I keep waiting for Decker Kane, and he's not going to do anything. He's just going to sit like in his own base and just complain the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And like the only thing he'll do is if the other opponent has Diablo on their team, he'll just be like, Diablo is coming. <laughs> that's the only. That's his only skill. I want, I want that playable. Experience. Anyway, I, I okay. interrupt.
1: You'll roleplay and then it's like, this is not a role playing game. It's a, it's a MOBA. Fun Get fa- your
0: butt out of the base. Fun fact, if you ever call Blizzard, like uh-huh. call their number, uh-huh. their machine, their their, uh-huh. their phone system is Deckard Cain. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, it's so great. It's just, I can't even do Like, I don't even remember exactly what they say, but it's just, yeah, it's just Deckard like, like, do you know the number of the person you want to call? <laughs> it's just so amazing. Anyway.
1: <laughs> uh, StarCraft 2 is going to have... Um, a life beyond Legacy of the Void. For those who don't know, it's a trilogy. Mm-hmm. They released it this last week on the like tenth or eleventh, and um, they announced that there's going to be DLC for Legacy of the Void. So, okay. which they didn't do for the other um, games. They Expansions just like whatever, they were just yeah. saying, hey, we're going to do updates uh, as far as patches to the game, but, but you just content. wait. You're going to wait for the next big release. Well, now they're going to sustain it with uh, DLC. Okay, um, but the thing that I think we have to take away from it really is that the the thing that was most exciting, the big surprise was we're going to show you the trailer to the film. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, and what film is this?
1: This is a World of Warcraft-based film, so mm-hmm. a la Lord of the Rings kind yeah. of epic scale, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Is it just a bunch of crane shots? Yeah. And rooms of all these people with very large shoulders? <laughs>
1: well, actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. There is, mm. in addition to the main film trailer, I think there's this enhanced um, – I want to say it's on YouTube. I think I watched it on okay. YouTube, but it's like this kind of experience where if you move your mouse within the video window, or oh, if you like on your 360 phone, view. They do. Yeah, if you're, or if yeah. you move, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a 360 view of the like the equivalent of Minas Tirith. I'm not into yeah. World of Warcraft, so I don't know what the name of that town is. But that just you just get to view of that. Uh,
0: yeah, that, that's big. That's YouTube's big thing. Like it's 360 yeah. view or something. You watch their videos with VR on, and mm-hmm. you can look around and things yeah. like that. You know, so, have you ever seen a movie with, like, the dual view where at any time you can kind of switch the point of view of the camera? And stuff like that. I see it every once in a while in, like, documentaries okay. and things like that. If you want to, like, watch the interviewer or the uh-huh. interviewee, or uh-huh. sort of, they really – when this comes out – When the movie comes out on disc, right, Blu-ray, if such a thing even exists at that point, Um, because you never really know, they need to offer dual view where you have the option to watch the entire movie from top down (laughs) as if you were playing World of Warcraft. That just – that has to be a special feature of like the collector's edition disc or something. I would buy it for that. that With everyone's names right over (laughs) their heads so you can just see where everyone is.
1: Yeah. Wow, and then that would make everybody want the game to look that way. (laughs) Like, yeah, I want that fidelity. Um, So uh, anyways, now to bridge this over to the Activision news, Mm -hmm. the Activision also in the past week announced that they're going to open a film studio. Yeah, maybe informed by the fact that they enjoyed the process of making the World of Warcraft film, mm-hmm. um, or, or they,
0: they hated it and thought they could do or it better, they do it better yeah. or
1: that they started to look at the economics that allowed – that made them say, "Yes, make doing the film makes sense." Mm-hmm. But in fact, they're saying, "But it makes so much sense that we're on the wrong end of the business if all we're doing is supplying the intellectual property. Yeah. We should actually be actually producing the, the product, own yeah. the
0: canning uh, industry, yeah. as it were." Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, that was uh, one interesting piece of news that Activision announced. And then another big thing was they uh, are buying King.com, the makers mm-hmm. of Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. And they're buying them for uh, what seems like a phenomenal number. It's for, is it 5.9 billion? Let me check my notes. Billion? Words. Yeah. Billion.
0: That sounds about right. Uh, at any point, the numbers get so high, that it doesn't really matter how accurate they are. Yeah,
1: 5.9 billion. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people would scratch their heads and saying like, "But is Candy Crush really on an upward swing? Like, are they really yeah. continuing to grow? Um, aren't they a one-hit wonder? Haven't they been struggling? Uh, why would you pay so much money? I mean, that's more than what Disney paid mm-hmm. for either Pixar or for uh, uh, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. So how can King be possibly?" be worth more
0: there's been a a a series in the the last few years of head scratching acquisitions so there must be some i'm not an economist i don't Mm -hmm. know anything about business i don't money scares me um i just prefer to stay as far away from any of it as possible uh so it obviously doesn't make a lot of sense to me and maybe also Mm -hmm. not to you uh but there's got to be something behind this because so many companies keep doing it. Look how much Microsoft paid for Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And they're like – Microsoft's like, oh, man, in a year we're going to make this back. It's mm-hmm. like, and you think, well, how? Yeah. How could – how can you possibly make this back? And so – and then so, you know, Activision buying King, mm-hmm. um, Facebook, how much they dropped on like WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. you know? So maybe there's some some secret sauce behind the scenes we're just not seeing. Because yeah. oh, they're, yeah. they're not dumb companies. Right. So why – yeah, or are they dropping there's some of money? something
1: is pressuring them. Um, I want to figure this out from looking at another similar kind of uh, mm-hmm. acquisition that occurred uh, within, I guess, for the last five or six years. Um, there's a Japanese developer publisher of mobile titles called uh, DNA, yeah. one of the biggest, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Well, in 2010, uh, I had a couple of buddies working at a company called NGMoco. Mm-hmm. Out of San Francisco, um, they were founded. You know, not too long like not too long before that. In two thousand eight, uh, people from EA left and started NG MoCo to do mobile games. Mm-hmm. And they were they actually had figured out a pretty good um, model for that. Mm-hmm. And so DNA bought them for four hundred million.
0: Yeah. Now, when you're saying DNA, you mean D E N A. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. D E N A. Yeah. Which. Yeah, it's pronounced DNA, yeah, but yeah. you might look at that and think Dina, but it's yeah, a yeah, yeah. uppercase D, it's lowercase lower E, case uppercase e, yeah, N, yeah. uppercase A. And, they, yeah.
1: and then they buy a company with lowercase N, lowercase M, <laughs> I think capital G, you know, yeah. it was like whatever.
0: Spelling's yeah, not yeah. important.
1: <laughs> and so this is 2010. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mobile is growing, but uh, I think at the time they had about 135 million registered users this is ng moco the company yeah. that got purchased for 400 million mm-hmm. not monthly average users total number of people who have ever signed up for one of our games mm-hmm. 13.5 million and we're going to sell ourselves for 400 million mm-hmm. if you calculate how much
0: per person per person it's quite an upside
1: yeah like why did why did dna buy ng moco? The f- it's for those thirteen point five registered mm-hmm. million registered users. It comes out to about twenty nine dollars a head, mm-hmm. and at the time they thought that was a good price. Otherwise, they wouldn't have bought them.
0: Yeah. What's it, interesting about that, though, is again shadow government Illuminati stuff. Who knows what's happened behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. But DNA, they're the. Um, uh, it, it to my knowledge, right now, based on just public news, DNA is the. Current sole company allowed to produce uh, uh, third-party um, content for Nintendo. So right. you know we talk about yeah. Nintendo going mobile, right. selling uh-huh. letting. So yep. right now, DNA is the company they name yeah. is the company that can make right. Android and iOS apps using Nintendo properties. So perhaps. That 13 point whatever million subscribers back in 2010 has become something substantial Mm -hmm. that has given them this leverage now.
1: Well, I do know that that was um, a buyout that did struggle. They Mm -hmm. weren't able to hit their targets of growing that even bigger than they were Mm -hmm. hoping for. But the thing to – I was – the point I was trying to make is I believe that the calculus that's going on Mm -hmm. isn't, oh, this property – is this prop, you know, this game is, that you're prop. buying the users, you're buying the access Absolutely. to those users. Absolutely. And so if you look at King, um, there's a number of places that try to, um, what is it? Collect the monthly average users mm-hmm. numbers for, uh, these companies. Yeah. And you'll see that King will vary. Some will say it's 330 million. Some will say it's high as 550 in the last, mm-hmm. uh, two quarters, uh, million. So, if you go somewhere in the middle, like say around, you know, if you go low and high, you're looking at an a cost per user in the 13 to 17 dollar yeah. range, which is way cheaper mm-hmm. than what in, a DNA paid for NGMoco. Yeah. So it's actually perhaps not that crazy of a transaction if what you're really going after is, is hundreds of millions player yeah. of players who now you can leverage towards maybe hearthstone on
0: a phone maybe blizzard has a match three candy based world of warcraft mobile game coming out (laughs) and they needed the competition out of the way
1: (laughs) or is it just that we have does activision blizzard believe we have completely saturated one segment of the market we've covered these types of games no matter how many television commercials we put out we do not attract greater numbers of players we need to find a way of getting
0: a lot more Users
1: in order for a company to continue growing. Yeah. And so in one full swoop, they got how many users are there on a monthly basis for Warcraft, COD, Destiny, Skylanders, their other properties. It's probably total uh, no more than 60 million.
0: And that's going high. That's high. Yeah. That's
1: being generous, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, Warcraft has been on a downward decline since 15 million Mm -hmm. at its peak.
1: And so – it can't be more than it can't possibly be more than sixty. It's probably closer yeah. to twenty to thirty, right? Yeah. At at on your, your Christmas season or whatever, and now you're going to make a company that has five hundred plus million. Yeah, uh, you, average users. Now, granted, the average income per user goes way down. Sure, but. What we're really talking about, what's most important are people's eyeballs. Time is what we're learning in the internet is what is valuable.
0: If you control the ocean, you control everything Yeah. It's
1: like, look at Google, look at Facebook. How many products have they ever sold you Mm -hmm. as a consumer? Nothing. But they're way more valuable as companies than Activision. They've probably sold
0: you way more products than you realize just by virtue of, yeah.
1: But it was actually what they
0: did is they sold you. Yeah, Exactly. Well, it's why, and um, I think
1: that's ultimately what Activision yeah. wants. It's like I want to be able to leverage the fact that you paid attention to something that we control.
0: We get these now. I mean, it's a kind of a newer thing for these sort of generic tech holding companies, large holding companies, to purchase seemingly random mm-hmm. game or technology companies. Uh, I can't think of the name of the the, the company, but the Vuforia just got bought out from Qualcomm, right? So Vuforia is the augmented reality. Um, Uh, what I want to say, um, system, Mm -hmm. right? And the company that purchased it has really no background in sort of that industry in any way, shape, or form. So you think, what's the point? Uh And, and, kind of the, at least from what I understand, the idea is that the, the V4A folks are now kind of running more or less independently. Um, they don't have to like deal with the general workflow of Qualcomm, um, you know, they don't have to figure out where mm-hmm. they fit in on mm-hmm. that company. Qualcomm being a, a chip manufacturer, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, for sale. For sale. Yeah, 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 exactly. The Snapdragon processors. Mm-hmm. And um, so now, I mean, they're kind of we're operating under, okay, now we kind of get to make our own stuff. And they bought us because of our user base. They're mm-hmm. just buying our users, basically. So we do awesome stuff. I mean, this is all speculative. Yeah. But um, they say we're going to, you know, make awesome stuff, get more users. Everybody wins. Yeah. Users get new awesome stuff. Euphoria mm-hmm. gets to make the stuff they want to do. This company gets their value. I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally, a, you know, win, win, win in that mm-hmm. regard. So, um, yeah, we're seeing this. And I think we're going to see more of it. And it just seems to kind of be this, I don't know, chunking up and and owning Owning the viewers, that's kind of a weird thing to think about, right? Mm-hmm. How you're just a commodity. Right. I mean, but that, that's, happen, the th- but yeah. that's
1: the point to make. And then I want to bring this back to the other piece of news that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. which was the film company. And now yeah. it makes sense. Oh, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to make a movie for sub 10 million people. Like, they're, like yeah. the number of subscribers for World of Warcraft and people who might tangentially be interested in World yeah. of Warcraft is under 30 million sure. people in the world. So how does making films – like that are going to like not totally tank Mm -hmm. makes sense. Well, if you have a user base, that's the hundreds of millions and you introduce them to your properties and then you have films and those inspire more games consumption, then it becomes more
0: people would be interested in watching the films than you think. I mean, how many people want or read Lord of the Rings? Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, but, the but movie, they
1: were interested in Lord of the Rings in general. But they, they were just interested wanna, in medieval it, fantasy, yeah, yeah. which is
0: what the Warcraft movie is going to give right. you anyway. So I I think the viewer base would be larger okay. maybe you give it credit for. But, but you're still right. I mean, and now they have the ability to show an advertisement about their own movie to hundreds of millions yeah. of people. Right. And that's going to be very helpful. Right. Yeah.
1: People who we already know are aligned with the idea of spending time to interact with something like, Oh, this is a movie about an interactive experience, but it has some of the tropes and, yeah. and content styles that I, that I like. I think sure. I do absolutely. I like look,
0: dragons and fireballs. Are, like if I'm,
1: Rovio can do angry birds as a feature film, candy crush can be made in film. I know that like, yeah. uh, um, it was just parodied. Uh, I just saw all...
0: oh is there an angry birds movie? You don't like yeah. feature length. Yeah. Feature. Length. Oh, Cause I knew that the cartoon, but I didn't realize they had a feature length movie. Yeah. Movie. They
1: have a, like a, um I don't know which studio is putting it out, but it's like a a Dreamworks, a blue sky, or a oh, Disney cool. Pixar style f- fully fleshed I'm out. I'm interested
0: from. that seems like it'd be incredibly dull. <laughs> I'm very curious about how they actually make this thing. I saw the
1: trailer. What was it that we um It was it was just out on a film that I we went to see. I don't wanna say it was Bond. Bond, by the way, was a terrible movie. Oh yeah, I, I heard because, it was I heard oh, about it was that. not good.
0: Spectre or whatever. Yeah. I kind of hope the Angry Birds movie is rated R. No,
1: just, no, can no you it's, imagine? Not, yeah. it's not rated R. for
0: graphic violence yeah. and drug use. But it's about
1: a bird with uh, with uh, anger management issues.
0: Sure. Yeah. Voiced by uh, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyways, that was
1: just what I want to talk about. The yeah. industry moves in general was it's going cross-media ever more, ever branching more, out, ever more. You know? uh, it's not just about branching out from our PC – console platforms to mobile platforms but also into film you want to control whereas you had like yeah, yeah. with disney uh, warner um all these other uh, film companies were moving into games for a while and now we see games moving into film mm-hmm. microsoft studios did it for a bit um mm-hmm. and now you're seeing activision um
0: and more importantly it. i mean besides ip's branching out so an Angry Birds movie, and an Angry Birds this, Angry Birds fruit snacks, right? Mm-hmm. But what we're also seeing are these companies that are game companies branching out into other medias, not with their own IPs, but just you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you might need to, you might go in a couple of years. You might go watch a movie and not realize it's an Activision movie because it's not about one of their games. So right. they're they're not only just branching out, but right. they're also diversifying yeah. their IPs. Because I mean, if you think about it, if if Activision really goes into the studio hard and they, they they they've proved to be any form of successful, they can create good movie content, good movie IPs that then they could say, oh hey, that was successful. Guess what? We've got games lined up. We've mm-hmm. got mobile mm-hmm. apps lined up. We've mm-hmm. got fran- you yep. know, merchandising, yep. franchising. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, what they're doing is they're really opening all of the, the different places they can generate IP. Mm-hmm. So instead of generating IP only in the video game space and then trying to branch it out, mm-hmm. they can generate IP in many different spaces mm-hmm. and then share right. it. They're starting oh. a
1: whole new uh, business cycle for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A risky one, granted. Absolutely. But it's no different than an online bookseller deciding that they should be creating original uh, television content yeah. like Amazon does. Yeah. Or a buy-mail DVD distribution company deciding they should make original uh, films Of course, we're talking about
0: Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Netflix uh, series Daredevil was awesome. Really, Just throwing that out yeah. there for anyone listening. Uh, really, really good. Uh, I forget the guy the na- the name of the guy that plays uh, the kingpin, but he owned it. Man. He was <laughs> okay. He was a very compelling character. A strong anyway, recommendation. Yeah, right. yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, if I get my wife to watch a, a hero movie with me that or show with me, that means it was pretty good. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, I digress again. Uh, one of the other things you had wanted to talk about, technology-wise, from BlizzCon or even just in that general field, was kind of this matchmaking stuff, yeah, right? And, Multiplayer matchmaking services. Because I know, well, I'll let you explain. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm asking because, as someone who's dabbling in code, mm-hmm. uh, I realize you know the real crux to these games is the quality of the matchmaking. But I, it's like a black box. Yeah. It just somehow happens, and that you could approach it with a different style or a different method was, Oh, kind of, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I, of course you could, but it didn't occur to me that you could. And um, this is
0: brought on because of Hearthstone, right? Yeah,
1: well, not, not Hearthstone. It was Heroes, not, of, yeah, Heroes, of, Storm. Heroes yeah. of the Storm, uh, which was based on the Starcraft engine. They just did like, well, yeah, it has a matchmaking system. Let's use it. Mm-hmm. Um, it works for Starcraft and Starcraft. You have multiplayer matches where it's like two V two, three V three, mm-hmm. you know, so it like, there should be no problem. Five V five. you just scale yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's actually not the case. They found that it was producing suboptimal results for them. And so that they were going to uh, implement a new matchmaking system in the next few weeks. So I was wondering, uh, as an engineer, if you could maybe talk about, well, this is generally how matchmaking
0: works. Yeah. So So something you said before we even started, Mm -hmm. too, was the whole, like, you just take the pool of everyone online, you Mm -hmm. match them together, and then they go play. Um, I mean, that's kind of the to boil it down to the core of matchmaking. That's exactly what it is. Uh, And and you're absolutely right – matchmaking is a very fine art. And I'm not claiming to be an expert of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so many different ways you can approach it and so many ways people try that have been unsuccessful. Um, I mean, the, the classic at this point, the standby go-to is this ranking system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the Halo multiplayer games use this um, as well. I believe Titanfall did as well and things like that where you say, okay, uh, these characters, they earn their ranks and... You know, they're going to be put in the matches with people of the same rank or close ranks, Mm -hmm. right? So you don't have a person who's never played before matched up against all Mm -hmm. people who are just amazing at the game, you know, from an experience standpoint. Mm -hmm. But even that's not a great system because all about matchmaking is really balancing how long you have to wait for a match versus how close the match matches your level and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, like, if I want the perfect system where I'm going to only be matched with people of my exact level – well, what if we can't find anyone at this time? Mm-hmm. How long are you willing yeah. to wait for that solution, yeah. right? Which is why some imbalances happen. Furthermore, there's a concept of of experience versus skill, right? So a matchmaking system that's built entirely upon your ability or your level, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mean you're any good at the game because even – no matter how terrible you are, you get some experience every time mm-hmm. you play, which means you can be the worst player in the world – And have a high level if you just keep playing, Uh right? Or just logging in, hitting play, and then going and making yourself a Uh sandwich, you know? So having a high level doesn't necessarily mean you're any good. Um, And so that's kind of where this crux of matchmaking comes in. And then you have this concept of, all right, well, why don't we analyze how you play? And we can generally determine how skilled you are as a player. And then we can use that secret level, Uh To matchmake you. Um, and that works sometimes, too. But, again, how do you what do you gauge as good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm running around with a shotgun just wailing on people on this one map, mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm very good if I go into another, like, maybe a long-range map and I do the same thing mm-hmm. and I just get mowed down mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and, again, like I said, I'm not claiming to be an expert. I don't have a solution. I'm just saying these are a lot of the problems you mm-hmm. see crop up. One of the more interesting things that's come up, you know, maybe within the past five years and was sort of kind of addressed by Microsoft. Um, though I don't know that the system was ever implemented, was sort of a personality-based matchmaking um, mm. where um, you have these pillars of personality like, hey, you like to just say super offensive things. We're going to match <laughs> you up with just other people that say super offensive things. Or you're a troll. We're going to match you with trolls. Um, or, hey, you're you're a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to match you with a whole bunch of people that aren't. Um, we're going to try to avoid having too many leader types mm-hmm. on the same team because then all they're going to do is fight. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when the Xbox one was announced, they talked about this uh, ability to like flag trolls and then trolls yeah. would be matched up. And I actually don't know if it is in the system. If uh-huh. it is, you don't see it. Uh-huh. All you have is your reputation, which is just some numerical mm-hmm. value. Um, and it might be buried in there. I don't know. But, uh, but as it stands right now, you're just going to try to be matched with – like I have a quote-unquote good reputation, a green bar or whatever that means. And so I am matched up with similar. Um, however, you know, the idea is to be much more in-depth with it because true quality matchmaking is not so much about – well, it is about skill level. But it's also about knowledge of the game, which is your experience level, your mm. actual like in-game level, mm. but also personality type. And that's really hard to do. And even if you could write an algorithm that would do that perfectly, it also needs to happen quickly because you need mm-hmm. to be able to find a match. Yeah. If you spend forever yeah. waiting for a match, then mm-hmm. then right. that's not great. Um, and so, yeah, there's no—I <laughs> don't have a solution yeah. for you. I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's a lot more to it than just simply saying, uh, hey, these two play each other. And I've seen really good games that no one plays because the matchmaking is no good, mm. right? There are great games out there where they you know— where the the, the community just declines because you can never reliably find a match where people aren't just leaving. You know, a lot of times people will pop in and be like, eh, and then bounce yeah. out. And unless you dissuade that in some way or you mark them some way for, hey, you're a leaf That's mm-hmm. one of the things Hearthstone does. Or not Hearthstone, I keep saying that. Heroes of the Storm does. They mark you as a leaver, mm-hmm. someone who abandons their team. So you only get to play with other people <laughs> who are marked as leaver, like yeah. people that abandon their teams, right. for so long until yeah. you redeem right. yourself. Um, and then they're like, okay, you've learned your yeah. lesson. You can yeah. come back sort of deal. Um and I don't know how many games that is or whatever, but I remember that was a, a big part of it as well because there's nothing more annoying than playing the game and someone just leaves. And you're yeah. like, well, now we're just going to right. lose because we're at right. a disadvantage now, yeah. even if – doesn't matter how good we are at this yeah. point. Um, so anyway, yeah, um, nothing concrete to really add on it. Mostly it's just a sea of problems <laughs> without <laughs> yeah. too many solutions uh, except for you know companies that that hire engineers way better yeah. than I to work through these crazy personality profiles and whatever to find ultimate matchups
1: it seems like a uh an obvious problem is that if you have too few players online at any given moment to choose from that that would increase your matchmaking time yeah but is the opposite true if you have too many players to choose from or does it not it doesn't matter we just go through the first player that comes up and if they are matched they're matched and well i can't really
0: speak to how how every company does yeah. it. But generally, the more people online, the, the quicker the matches come. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, you obviously have to take into account, uh, there's another thing about matchmaking, region. Um. You want the people to live in closer to each other because then their latency will be lower, mm-hmm. right? So their games will communicate fast yeah. and they'll have a yeah. better experience. If I pull someone from Anchorage and another person from India, they're going to have a bad time because, you know, even though the communication happens really fast, it doesn't happen fast okay. enough. Um. And so we got to figure out, you know, are these ad hoc networks, multiplayer, where one player is the host? Uh-huh. Well, then we want people close to the host. Or uh, are people playing on our servers? Well, we got to figure out where our servers are located physically and pick, you know, match people based on their, yeah. their locations of those servers. Again, for for performance, for, for response time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so generally, more players is better. Unless somehow you write an algorithm that's, like, really trying to find the perfect one, and then more players right. increases the amount of time right. it takes to calculate – so I guess maybe you don't want to go too detailed with it because then it becomes a real problem too. Mm-hmm. But generally pools of options are a good thing and more players is a good thing. But um, again, I can't really speak to how any individual company does yeah. it other than, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of one of those cruxes. Performance and matchmaking are mm-hmm. super important.
1: I think, okay, we can we can put a pin on that one. Next time we talk about networking in games, I'd love to understand better how latency – like. I never understood how, if I'm playing StarCraft, there's mm-hmm. a highly, you know, lots of actions per minute whatever. Yeah. The second I'm pressing keyboard, the game seems to be responding to me. Yeah. How is it possible that my instructions are being sent over to someone else's machine or to some server? And that's getting, you know, that we're, we're keeping in sync, that my hundreds of actions per minute, well, I actually don't yeah. play at hundreds of actions per yeah, yeah. It's closer. It's sub 60 per minute. But yeah. um, anyways, how is the game able to... Keep in sync. That's something I'd love to talk about. It's not. It's
0: all fake, Okay. Um, So I'd
1: love to understand the fakiness. Yeah. Because it seems like it's magic. Uh, Well,
0: in a a nutshell, again, we'll talk about it maybe more in depth later. But in a nutshell, all the stuff that you're doing is kind of being cached local Mm -hmm. and being sent in chunks to the server at a much slower rate than the gameplay is actually advancing. Um, And so generally instruction sensors at the server, the server analyzes and says, okay, that seems right. And then it gets passed on. And so, if you were to see, if you were to play a network game, um, even the most optimized network mm-hmm. game, it, maybe it's just a simple game where you're two capsules mm-hmm. running around, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you stopped faking it, so to speak, what you would see is your opponent would appear to just sort of jump around,
1: twitchy, bouncy, mm-hmm. uh-huh. so
0: bouncy, right? Uh-huh. Um, where even if they were standing still, they might have a wobble to them, and and as they run, they're not really smoothly running; they're just sort of like skipping. Uh-huh. And so what? The games are doing is they're saying, all right, this is where you are. That's where I just received information that yeah. you are. So I'm not going to just move you there. I'm just going to smoothly uh, lurp you or yeah, tween yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what I see is you running, um, and it generally works out rather well. So even if I shoot maybe where you were, good code can say, okay, Huge shot at where they were based on what you're seeing. It should have been a hit. Is it close enough that we can in a fuzzy way say, okay, that counts, mm-hmm. right? And so if you ever play games, you hear people complaining about hitbox size. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like the, the, the area around a person you have to shoot in a yeah, first-person shooter right. game, it's much larger than them to account for that fuzziness, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes it's not and it's just handled server-side or whatever, right? Um, but there's a reason – Other players' animations are much simpler than your own. Uh, You know, there's a reason that, you know, the, the actions you see them do. And sometimes you can shoot a person, they can shoot you back, and you both die because the server was like, well, maybe technically he shot first. And so he mm-hmm. should – the other person should be dead. But they were so close that I can't mm-hmm. really rely on the fact that I got uh-huh. these in the right order. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to kill you both out of fairness, <laughs> you know? Um, sometimes that – so, yeah. But anyway, okay. I could talk – yeah. Okay. Could, that, kinda, so, oh, wow. I yeah, didn't realize yeah.
1: it's going to be that – there's that much um, um, magic coming I mean, out Well, yeah, because,
0: I mean, even a high transmission rate is so, like yeah. 30, fr- 30 times a second. Mm-hmm. And that's high. Um, and if you get a game running at sixty frames a second, you yeah, you're right, you can right. see you're already losing half, half your data. Your, yeah, uh, and and thirty frames a second is really high for 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 okay. data process because it's got to okay. be received, processed, okay. and retransmitted to the other machines. Okay, yeah. I
1: bet you a bunch of our listeners are like, "Oh man, I want them to like forget all your other topics. Let's talk about that." But I think maybe we should uh, <laughs> I mean, pin it pin it for until yeah. um, um, we can talk about it. At
0: actually, that. so good segue, good yeah. transition. You mm-hmm. didn't even know it was a transition. <laughs> um, so this past weekend, I talked about networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I presented at the Ohio Game Developers Expo um, this this Sunday. Sorry,
1: I couldn't uh, make it out there. No, it's all right.
0: I didn't even respond to my text, but, you know, whatever.
1: Oh, did you? (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Yeah, it was like (laughs) two weeks
0: ago. (laughs) Don't worry about it. But, uh, yeah, so there was the Ohio Game Developers Expo. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in Columbus, Ohio Mm -hmm. this past weekend. And it has been – so this is the third year. I've been all three. And the first year it was hosted at a local college – the second year it was at cosai and they had booths and stuff like that. And this year it was at cosai again, which is the Columbus something of science and industry. Basically, it's like um, like a, a science center um, where you can just see like the lasers and electric arcing <laughs> off the ball. It's like a science museum sort of deal. Anyway, so we were there again, but it was much more built up. It's grown very quickly. It's insane how quickly it's growing. I keep telling them they need to change their name. Uh, <laughs> Because a lot of the people there aren't necessarily from Ohio. A Uh lot are, but we have a lot of folks from uh, Indiana, Uh Chicago, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, South, Kentucky, uh, Virginia, so on and so forth. Um, And so it it really should be called like the Midwest game developers or something something like that, you know, Um, because everyone's just like Ohio. And while there are a lot of game stuff here, but, I mean, this general region actually has a lot – Uh, Of of game folks We um, I I think the whole All said and done The total was uh, Like 2,000 people Attended Over this weekend Yeah Yeah. Um, And that's a lot Considering Mm -hmm. the region Um and it, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Last year, I think it was like 1,500. This year it's 2,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing, uh, 25% growth is pretty yeah. substantial. Um, and so, yeah, it was really good. And so I was there. I presented, I uh, talked about Unity Services. Um, and then I talked about, and we did a workshop on uh, networking and stuff like that. So that was a, actually quite a decent transition. So it's also good because all that stuff is fresh in my mind. Since <laughs> I just talked about it. Um, but, yeah, so it was a really, uh, a really, really cool conference. And one of the really neat things is to see – How much so? Not only how many people in the area aren't just consumers, because it's not a consumer expo, it's not a place you go to play. I mean, there are games on display and stuff, but it's not a place you go to play games. It's a place where you go to do panels on the industry, uh, where you talk about different topics, kind of like a mini GDC almost, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's impressive to see not only how many devs there are and how many devs who are successfully making a business right out of this in this region. but just to see how many—I don't want to say high quality—in insinuating that others are not high quality. But how many sort of named brands are actually from this region? Like the Pro Builder folks, right? So they make these Pro Builder tools, which are level editors and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, which are—they're awesome and they're—they're they're local and they're there every year. And um, you know, there's just a lot of really cool tech. Um, uh, Extra Life, the charity, is there. So is Able Gamers, uh, because they're—I believe—Chicago. Uh, it's just really neat just to see all the really cool. Uh, local stuff, stuff that you, you know, you encounter everywhere. And you're like, oh, I guess I didn't realize you guys were in this region. And every one of them was like, yeah, because it's so, so cheap to live here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it ended up being a really neat – I really wish you could have gone. That would have been awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, wife's work schedule and time off just wasn't going to make it work. But yeah. I did I did think it would be uh, really cool to go as uh, part of your entourage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – uh, Oh, go ahead. I missed
1: out. Um, no, uh, so th- I – I guess I won't be here next year, so I, I was going to say, well, maybe I'll make it for sure next year. You're but I still going to be here next year.
0: <laughs> Ohio doesn't let people go that easily. Um, I'll, uh, you'll fly out for it. Fly out, yeah, fly out
1: for <laughs> yeah, it. <right>. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny the connection with Columbus because it's in Columbus, right? Yeah, Com- center of the state. Um,
0: it's really not, but yeah.
1: In the well, in yeah, my yeah. mind, it, it's as, the capital. So. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's the place in the novel Ready Player One where the world's most important uh, video game company of the world is uh, founded and housed and all their servers are right there. And, um,
0: in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, well, because the, the author, uh, everyone keeps telling me to read ready player one. I haven't yet.
1: Okay. If you are interested in, if they could ever solve the inner ear problem, where, what could virtual reality really do for our, the way uh-huh. we engage um, uh, virtual worlds or, you know the internet, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak, and uh, if you have a penchant for the classic era of or the birth of computing technology, like the 80s and stuff, then it's it's a fun read. Yeah. But if you're not a child of the 80s or you're not interested in the 80s, it might seem like an old man's novel I don't know. because because yeah. it, it talks about basically it's it's all about the 80s.
0: Oh, that sounds Uh, awesome! In a a
1: virtual reality context.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, that sounds good. Actually, so I just looked at a map. I'm so terrible at geography, Uh right? Uh Uh, Columbus is actually pretty much right in the center of Ohio. (laughs) Uh, I live in Ohio, (laughs) have my whole life, and uh, I'm just terrible with geometry. Uh, I actually didn't realize how you know which states actually touch Ohio as well. So I'm learning all sorts of stuff (laughs) by looking at a map right now. Um, Yeah, West
1: Virginia is directly below. West Virginia, Michigan, yeah.
0: Yeah, man, we're just learning today.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is, is uh, you know when Quinn got uh, put into, not put into, but when she accepted her uh, her invitation to go to West Virginia for medical school, I'd seem like, oh wow, that's like, that's out there, that's like down in the south, but it's where she was going. Her campus is just directly south of akron by like three hours it's yeah. Like, yeah it's like yeah, not it's that, not that far that's not far away yeah. it's just it's just straight north south it's yeah. uh it's not um it's right they're very close to each other yeah so ohio is a really interesting place in that it does touch the east coast it touches the south and it touches you know what we would call the midwest or the west i know.
0: also learned yesterday and here's here's some illuminati stuff for uh-huh. you i was at uh not yesterday when was veterans day was that yesterday the day before Friday, right? That was Wednesday. Veterans Day was Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday, mm-hmm. I was at this Veterans Day thing with my son at his school, and I was sitting at the side, and I was looking at America, uh-huh. had, uh, the the the, con- the, uh-huh. the continent America, the country America okay. uh, up on the screen, but I was sitting, so it was like skewed, right? If you take America and you smoosh it widthwise, wise uh-huh. uh-huh. right, it looks a lot like Ohio. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just ignore Florida. But besides Florida... Uh-huh. It looks just Uh, like Ohio.
1: Oh, because you thought you were looking at a a map of the
0: state, and it turns out. Oh, and then I like kind of looked and I was like, I was like, what's that part on the bottom right of Ohio? And I was like, oh, that's Florida. Oh, that's the country. (laughs) Okay. Um, Interesting
1: observation. Very Illuminati. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, Coincidence? Yes. I think was uh, two days ago. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, but uh, so it was a cool conference. A lot of folks there, uh, definitely growing, and it's always fun to see. I obviously have a vested interest in Ohio games. Mm -hmm. Um, And would you say that
1: they were mostly? Like, of the games projects, like, mm-hmm. it's a software that yeah, we're showing yeah.
0: you.
1: Was it a lot of, like, oh, I would call that an indie project? Or was there anything, like, actually, that looks like...
0: Well, there were a few companies else. there that were funded. Okay. There were a few companies there that you would call, like, pure indie, a lot of Kickstarter stuff. Mm-hmm. And there were a few companies there with prototypes and things, like, hey, we're showing you this stuff. We have a full-time jobs and this mm-hmm. stuff we're doing yeah. in the evenings. And, and I was... What you really don't expect when you go... To the little conferences, mm. and I don't mean to be condescending, kind of but let, you know, let's mm. be honest. When you go to the little regional conferences, because right. I go to quite a few, is you don't really expect the quality to be there for most of the stuff you see, and. You have to kind of do this little song and dance where like, oh yeah, that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, or you like mm-hmm. but when you think like, ah, this needs a lot of work, mm-hmm. or you know, you could tell this is their first game mm-hmm. ever and mm-hmm. it's really not really polished. And it's probably not gonna be like super successful and you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you know, but you look at that it's not like it's not like the indie games that like explode because they're just so like high yeah. quality. And so you you kind of you encourage and pretend a lot. Mm-hmm. And what I was really impressed with is how many games I saw from this region where I was like, wow, that that's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. I can't express to you enough that I'm not just saying yeah. that, that this yeah. is actually like really good. Like mm-hmm. I would play this right mm-hmm. now. Um and there were a lot of kind of standouts where you're like, wow, good for you guys. Like yeah. this is this is awesome. Um and uh and then you're like, man, I just really hope you get enough money to keep developing yeah. it sort of deal. And what that really made me think of is, you know, so we're in we're in this era where working remotely happens, mm-hmm. right? And it's possible. And communication has never been higher. And sharing has never been higher and all that stuff. And you have all these devs all over the place. And it's so hard uh, to either start a company in a region where there's no money. That's kind of mm-hmm. – that's probably the hardest part about this region is not that the talent's not here. Mm-hmm. It's that the talent needs to be grown here and go somewhere right. else because there's no money uh-huh. to get started here. I mean, uh, Jeremy Handel, Handelabra Games in Cleveland's uh, their big problem is they they have a game that's really good and fairly successful, but the hardest battle as he'll tell it is is getting the startup money, venture uh-huh. capitalists and so because you know, there's so much money in this region. Right, that's from building the railroads or yeah. oil or coal right. or they're, rubber. Yeah,
1: and they're like Akron,
0: yeah. video games, yeah. you know. And then you go out west, and and he was telling me that, uh, this just this past weekend is like all you need is a hundred thousand dollars to get started up, and they're just mm-hmm. they'll look at that number and be like, no, come back when you need real money. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like well, go get that locally, but no yeah. one, you know. So yeah. it is that's the hardest thing. It almost seems like the world would benefit or maybe it wouldn't who knows from some support lattice work Mm -hmm. of all of these different companies no matter where they are being able to receive financing stuff and i guess maybe that's what kickstarter is or maybe that's what that fig is where Mm -hmm. investors have the ability you know but it seems like the sooner that happens the better because there's a lot of good talents everywhere really and until they can get money you know, you're just going to have the same old companies building the same old stuff. I love what you said at the very end, and I'm going to bring it up again mm-hmm. here, at the very end of the last episode you did. Um, no, it was after we turned off the, the mics, mm-hmm. where you said um, we were talking about the same old, same old mm-hmm. in games and the rhetoric and maybe a lot of the problems mm-hmm. and harassments yeah. and stuff um, and how there needs to be more diversity in games and stuff like that. And what you said is... If you don't like porn, stop hiring pornographers. Mm-hmm. You know? If you don't like the way the games are, stop hiring the people that make mm-hmm. those games, you know? Um, and and invest in that diversity, right, that you want. And and I thought that was a really poignant way of saying it, right? You I don't know, know
1: like, if I exactly put it that way. You did. But,
0: that was verbatim. You okay. said porn. Yeah, I, I said porn. But I said
1: <laughs> what I said is if you want art.
0: Yeah. Don't hire a pornographer. You don't say, like, that. Then
1: don't ask a pornographer to yeah. make it. Right. You know, like, if you f- if what you feel you're looking at is offensive, and it doesn't represent reality, or that it caters to um, maybe our most depraved tastes, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be very successful to ask that pornographer yeah. to make art films. What you would say is like, well, that's not for me, and I'm not going to consume it, and I'm not going to support it. What I will do is put my dollars behind an effort that is going to mm-hmm. represent. Uh, the values, yeah. you know, if I have a screen available, I don't want it to show pornography. If you don't like, you know, uh, video game content that is, uh,
0: a certain way that, that
1: isn't diverse, don't do that. And so, wh- the way I would attack the diversity problem, I don't want to, yeah, I to get the diversity tangent, but I don't want to get us attacked by people who hate diversity. But, um, if it were a value, that I do. People, if you
0: hate diversity, yeah. attack me, <laughs> I'm fine with that.
1: Um, uh, if you are interested in diversity, there, there is then I think it really does become important that mm-hmm. pl- region, regional development, no matter if it's Midwest or anywhere else, becomes healthier, that we find ways of getting that initial funding to the studios. Because yeah. the idea of go West, young man, is inherently a narrative that speaks to some people, not all people.
0: And it's flawed, too. Yeah. You're going to hit a saturation point. I mean, what – in this day and age, why do you have to travel to work in mm-hmm. any industry, mm-hmm. unless the industry is like servicing buildings or cars, mm-hmm. where you need to physically yeah. go to those? Right. I mean, if you're if you work in a digital environment, <laughs> why are, why do you have to be anywhere? Right. So,
1: and oddly enough, the AAAs A's are the ones that are exploring that. I would say the uh, there are a few people who started out as indie and they had to work mm-hmm. collaboratively and they found a model that worked and they're trying to scale it up now. Yeah. But the people who've done it a lot have been the big triple A's who have been you know taking the fun out of game development. But yeah. they're the ones who have learned to distribute it 24 hours around the clock. There's some part of the world yeah. working on Assassin's Creed or working on um, you know Call of Duty, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the the real route to diversity is to say, um, you don't have to uproot yourself. If you value being close to your family and friends Mm -hmm. and you want to have a career, uh, near them. If you were thinking about having a family, uh, then yeah, you know what? Being able to stay in a certain area and have a career in the medium that you like is important. But right now, uh, games development is similar to film development which is well if you want to be serious you either go to new york or you go to yeah. la but you can't do it anywhere else yeah and so it only only if you're young mm-hmm. only if you're mobile unattached and historically the people like i know this is anecdotal myself i didn't think about the impact that Maybe I want to have kids and I want my parents to be able to see their grand. It didn't even occur to me. I was just, I'm going to California.
0: Or I live in California. The cost is so high and I got laid off. Uh My my region of error there, how quick they have to get a job or else. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't occur to me when I was in my twenties
1: at all. But for anybody else with a different life experience or different set of priorities, that kind of move becomes really difficult. Yeah. And so that's why you're seeing so such a lack of diversity in the hiring and therefore in the content that gets produced. And what? so I mean, a real
0: solution, yeah. I think to diversity
1: is in Getting fact
0: money around.
1: Yeah, yeah. is one like using the conferences to encourage it's, it's cool that you're here. We're mm-hmm. here to help keep us uh, passionate uh, keep us productive and efficient, by sharing best practices, mm-hmm. making us aware of the what technologies are available yeah. out there. And then also to see the breadth of types of products. We don't necessarily have to be doing an indie console game. Right. I was wondering maybe if you saw things that are like this is, was totally legit. Should have completely belonged at the conference, but it was a game that I didn't even think was a game. But it, you know, it fits. Well, there, was know so there was a lot
0: of so there a lot of also folks in in Ohio doing um, um, industry stuff, so not necessarily game related, but mm-hmm. using game tech for architecture or medical and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. We have a lot of companies in Ohio. Doing a lot of really high cost work with games tools for the medical industry and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just in Columbus, Ohio, right? I visited a couple of them and it's great. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, really neat. And that industry. Stuff that that non-game industry, but mm-hmm. industrial stuff, um, as I call everything that's not game-related um, or serious grown-up stuff, I guess, um, only fuels the fire for these high-quality techs to be everywhere in the right. regions and stuff right. like that. Absolutely, um, like
1: yeah, I think here we you need to find that thing, and maybe yeah. because of Cleveland Clinic and all these other amazing medical um, uh, institutions in the area, like Ohio has a weird yeah. concentration of. Amazing. We have medicine. a lot of schools and, yeah, yeah. and,
0: and medical and facilities. And you have a,
1: a lot of material sciences because of, well, old rubber money. Like they call yeah. Akron rubber city because it used to make all the tires yeah. for all of Detroit's cars. Well,
0: and Ohio, even this this fair, this fair region around Ohio, um, there really aren't natural disasters. It's a great data location, mm-hmm. right? If you have services that you want to run, I mean, there's the errant tornado mm-hmm. every once in a while mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not – Really, a big deal. It's not like we're in Missouri. It's not like we're in uh, you know uh, 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 California with the mm-hmm. earthquakes. We don't have the wildfires. Mm-hmm. We don't have floods. We don't have we have our, our we don't have hurricanes. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that would knock uh, New Jersey, New York, uh, the whole New England out. Of, mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a tornado once every two mm-hmm. years. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and it rains sometimes. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, anyway, but, well, yeah. anyways,
1: what I'm thinking is those are the hooks for. An area in the Midwest, like Ohio, to leverage um, like the Northwest leveraged Boeing and Microsoft. There are hundreds upon hundreds of games development studios in the Seattle area alone, many of which are hugely successful. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the Bungies. We can talk about yeah. um
0: Many more of uh, many which are more. not. <laughs> yeah, there
1: are many that are, but they exist and they have each other. Just su- there's support mechanisms out there, yeah. and they all spawned out of two high tech companies, the engineers of Boeing, the engineers of Microsoft, right? And so the engineers who help the medical field, the engineers that help them, the material sciences, uh, by and they use the tools that game designers use are going to. F- it's going to spin out.
0: Yeah, industries for entertaining- each other. Yeah, right.
1: So um, just because there isn't a AAA publisher here in the midwest yeah. doesn't mean you can't leverage experience work jobs quote, contracts yeah. that come out of these other fields to feed um your passion projects yeah. that end up becoming small companies that which end up becoming big companies yeah.
0: so uh, so I, I guess i've kind of said my piece yeah. about the whole thing and yeah. it was a deep conference and everything i don't know yeah. if there's anything else you wanted to add no i think
1: i think uh that was great to hear i know yeah. that when i was working out on the west coast i can't tell you how many people came from uh, specifically from Ohio. Yeah. Like some oh, of the most yeah. talented people that I've ever worked with
0: I come, uh, I come would, from
1: – like they were either educated in Ohio or they grew up and were educated in Ohio.
0: I, uh, I went out to uh, Disney Studios in, uh, in L.A. and I was uh, doing a – I was just kind of talking, showing some stuff off. And when I got there, one of the guys in the front row – is someone I played games with like two weeks before here? Oh, oh really? I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? Yeah. He's like, oh, I moved. I'm, I'm an animator yeah. and I got a job out here and I moved out here. And I'm like, I just saw you like two weeks ago. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah. And it was like, I didn't even know you were an animator. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. He's like. Everyone. Any, right. You go to Disney, you go anywhere, and you say, oh, hey, I'm from Ohio. They go, oh, yeah, me too. Or I'm from Indiana or I'm <laughs> from Pennsylvania. Everyone's <laughs> from here. Um, <laughs> we're just looking to get out, I guess. Well, remember, uh, if you
1: take the United States
0: and you squash it with That's twice, right. Everyone from is Ohio. from here. <laughs> Illuminati. Except, except, for, Alas- for, except, except for, for Alaska, Florida, <laughs> Florida and Hawaii. Hawaii. I got my eye on them. I got my eye on them. So I'm not right about those states. But uh, um, I, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, but we kind of don't have time. We only have, like, five minutes. So I'm okay. not, not, not going to get into it this episode. We'll talk about okay. it next one. Um, that was the whole uh, developing emotional content and character, okay. connections to characters and stuff. We'll talk about that next time. Um, since we have five minutes left, I will take a moment to just say that uh, I'm way, way into Fallout 4. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, I got it Tuesday at midnight, and... I looked this morning, my character has 28 hours played, uh-huh. and it's my second character. Um, so Friday morning from Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah. so played a lot.
1: It's a is, it, is it the scope of the game? Like there's just so much detail and everything's thought there out? is. Or is I'm it... a
0: completionist. So uh-huh. if you give me like 700 mundane things to do, I'm like, yes. Uh-huh. You know, the story's pretty good. They're a bit heavy-handed with Mm parts. It's actually Fallout 4 is the the, the game that made me think, like, hey, let's talk about emotional connection to characters. Mm -hmm. Because I feel some of the things they do is a little heavy-handed. There's some shortcuts. Mm -hmm. I think companies take a little too often. But I don't want to, like, I don't want to spoil it right now. We'll talk about it later. But but besides that, yeah, there's a lot to do. I'm really digging this whole new settlement thing where you – so Fallout Shelter, you know, Mm -hmm. mobile game where Mm -hmm. you kind of build a vault and whatever and you have to maintain the happiness. And you could tell they heavily relied on what they learned from that. In Fallout 4, because you set up these settlements, and you have to provide food, water, shelter, um, defenses, and then settlers arrive, and you gauge their happiness level. Mm -hmm. And if you get really good charisma and intelligence, you can, like, set up markets and trade routes between (laughs) them and stuff like that. And that's just another angle to sort of drag you into the game. (sighs) And what's really cool about it is within the settlements – the facilities you build is almost Minecraftian, right? Mm-hmm. You put up the walls, you lay the foundations yeah. exactly where mm-hmm. and how you want. You build ex- the mm-hmm. things that you want. Um, and so it's like I'm building my complex at this point, the center of town of this big tree. So I built the building around it, so the mm-hmm. tree goes up through the middle yeah. of it and I got gone like turrets everywhere mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you look at that and like that pulls you in. and so you find yourself with so much stuff to do in the games and it makes you think like talk about talk about hedging your bets. If I like first-person shooters, Fallout's a Mm -hmm. first-person shooter. If I like resource management, building Mm -hmm. towns, if I like uh, SimCity, right, or or, uh, Cities and Skylines, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, Fallout 4 is that. Uh, I like RPGs. Fallout 4 is Mm -hmm. that. I like to build relationships with characters. Fallout 4 Mm -hmm. is that. I like to collect and craft. Fallout 4 is Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Talk about just being like there's really very – like you have to be like – a purely sports gamer to just have nothing that you're particularly hmm. interested in Fallout because yeah. <clears throat> there's not like any yeah. particular sport in uh-huh. the game, but for the most part, like every genre is touched on just a little bit. Uh-huh. Even if you like retro gaming, you can find these uh, tapes that you can put in your Pip Boy and play. Uh, <clears throat> like they don't have Pitfall, they have Pipfall, <laughs> yeah. um, Space Invader clones. Yeah. They don't. Uh, they don't have a. Uh, uh, oh wow. What is the first game Mario appeared in? He was Jumpman, Donkey Kong. Donkey a, Kong. Donkey, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that can't be it. That was a game on the sixty-four. No, that was Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> no, don- they have a Donkey Kong equivalent where you're, there's this giant mutant throwing like barrels of nuclear waste, and uh, you're the pit yeah, boy, and you are yeah. jumping over and stuff. So, uh-huh. Yeah. So I mean, they they got like every little subgenre on lock uh-huh. in this game, and so it is fun. There are definite flaws. Bethesda games always have these, like, vast flaws, <laughs> but their games cover so much ground that you're like, okay, that's just part of the yeah, experience. Yeah. Like, I was talking to a character last night, and the character just disappeared, and my wife was like, what happened? I'm like, oh, Bethesda made a game.
1: You <laughs> oh, know, I was ouch. like,
0: well, no, but I yeah, mean, that's right, part of the experience. Right. I mean, the games are so huge, yeah. right, that you can't fault bugs. Mm. I mean, you can't fault even bugs like that, because, like... That's part of the experience at this point. It's like, where'd they go? They're somewhere. We'll find them. You know, like, I don't know. It just feels like that. It would be weird if there weren't bugs. I don't know. It would be like, oh, this isn't quite.
1: It's okay if something's a little bit messy as long as it's brilliant, right? Yeah, Yeah.
0: right. It's such a huge game. You
1: stretched for such a huge scale to impress me in a certain way that some small things will fall through. It's almost like they took, well, there's only so much memory and only so much processing. but we stretched it to cover so much scope that, uh uh-oh, little cracks are opening up. Yeah, I mean, if you give me
0: a a complete 20-hour experience AAA single-player game and there are bugs, I'm going to have a real problem with that. Mm -hmm. But you give me a vast Explorer open-end that boasts at least 400 hours of gameplay per character Mm -hmm. you make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, bugs are going to happen, right? Multiplayer games where competition is important, bugs are a big problem. But it's a single-player, non-network, just... Go out there and explore vast, huge. I to me, I see it the equivalent of playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons, and like halfway through a fight, going, "Oh wait, I forgot they had this." Okay, from <laughs> now on, they have that. Okay. That happens, right? And maybe that's why I'm more forgiving uh-huh. of it. The internet is very unforgiving of it. Yeah. It was like these bugs should not yeah. happen from a company this size, with mm-hmm. AAA. Or this rah, rah, rah. And you're just like, "Oh well, yeah, you really don't realize how difficult it is to find bugs." Um, and how to like trace the reasons why, because mm-hmm. that bug might happen once ever. And there are major showstopper yeah. bugs, but to be fair, I find myself now talking about just the fallout bugs, but that's yeah. also kind of part of the fun a little <laughs> bit. I don't know why, uh, but it's when the character glitches out, it's almost fu- like some puzzle. Like you get to figure out how to unglitch yeah. this yeah. character now. Uh, I don't know, maybe I weird in the head I just see it in a different way but I think you're
1: uh, once again you're speaking to that mentality I think you really should be read ready player one because yeah. you're talking about a reality that has little funny realities within it yeah like the bugs in the matrix or the fact that there are old retro games inside of this game yeah you know it's like this um layers of reality within yeah. this fake reality
0: um i got to get you to make a character in Fallout, though, just, okay. just so you can go through the process, <laughs> yeah. just to see. Are you playing on PC or console? I'm playing on console. I okay. wanted to get it on PC, but then my wife was like, well, then I'll never see you again. Oh, and I was okay. like, okay, fine, I'll uh-huh. get it on console. So I'm playing yeah. up in the living room. Yeah. You know? And there is no
1: think. multiplayer social aspect? You don't no. ever see another player's no, character? not even
0: trying. on PC and stuff okay. like that. It'd be really cool if there was such a thing, but the layers of complexity, plus Bethesda doesn't have the... Maybe the greatest track record with multiplayer games. I know they have Elder Scrolls Online, the MMO, yeah. but if you look at what came out versus what was promised, you realize that Bethesda maybe bit off a little bit more than it could mm-hmm. chew as far as networking goes and stuff like that. And to be fair, technical um, excellence is not really what Bethesda does, hence all the bugs, mm-hmm. right? Bethesda excels at this sort of brilliant, creative, explorative process. And you sort of take that in stride and say, okay, cool. Um, I'm Bethesda, not bashing them anyway. I Bethesda mean that to be is a based out of Maryland, right? Yeah, at least there is a Bethesda Maryland, but I believe they're in Maryland, yeah. Because
1: there's also um, Fire Axis, I think is out of Maryland as well. Yeah,
0: there were quite a... the the the, the New England area that has a, a good bit to offer. It's as well. interesting
1: because the way you that's the way I feel about Fire Fireaxis games. Like, well, they're they're really expansive, brilliant games, but they're buggy as hell. Yeah, to the point where I won't play them anymore. I can't play Civ Five because I'm, I have like four. Laptops and or PC yeah. uh machines and civ 5 doesn't run properly on any of them. I get these weird bugs and I'm like, ah, forget it. And so I didn't I uh. haven't played that other game that everybody talks about um um the alien invasion one uh, XCOM. XCOM.
0: Dude, it's awesome. It's not buggy it, at all. Really? Oh, it's amazing. Dude, uh. you never played XCOM? No. Because right. I
1: read about the bugs, I'm like, I'm oh, gonna yeah. load
0: it onto that, that. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's
1: Firex had anything to do. This is gonna be dude, buggy as hell. No. I won't be able to play it. You just don't shoots. even
0: know. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna stop the podcast now. And I'm just gonna like load this up for you. All right, podcast over. Okay. Am, um, so next time we'll
1: talk uh, about networking magic and XCOM and uh, or <laughs> and a character connection to character. Maybe that would be because aren't you don't you support characters throughout the campaign? Mm-hmm. So we'll oh, and about, I get
0: really into them too. Yeah. So like, we'll
1: connection to character. Dude, I got and, a support guy yeah.
0: named Hassan with a titanium shotgun. I still play with him. Like it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about this stuff. So we already got the topics for next time. Yeah. It's done. Man, we're productive today. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, uh, the Things you learned. Columbus is in the center of Ohio and the United States looks like Ohio. Um, and if you're playing a drinking game, take a shot every time you hear me say Ohio. Uh, and then otherwise, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been episode nine, uh, I believe, of of Mike's Video Game mm-hmm. Podcast. I'm Mike Geig. And I'm Mike Wu. And uh, goodbye. Go play XCOM if you haven't done it. Then Fallout 4.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I like it. All right. Bye. <laughs>